all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I never get you as good as you get me. On <laughs> I'm goofier than you are. Yes, you are. In a good way. <laughs> well, I am David. I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. Our our last reverse one for the time being because... Somebody now is the proud owner of... A bachelor's degree! da 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 that's making a clip. Sorry. <laughs> so, yes, uh, school's out for summer. School's out forever. Especially out for fall. Yes. <laughs> to quote one Alice B. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine his middle initial was B. Probably. Even though that was the band, you know, technically the band oh, was Alice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And his real name isn't Alice Cooper. No, it's... Something... Shit, else. I used to know it. Yeah. We'll look it up. He lives in Arizona. I know that. Yeah. yeah. He's he's a born-again Christian. I know that. I, I did Isn't not that know that. Interesting, yes. Interesting. Yes. He's not super outspoken about it, which is the best kind of born-again Christian. Yes, it is. <laughs> if I don't know you are one, then that's a good thing. Because <laughs> that means you haven't told me. You're doing something right. Yeah. So, this is, like you said, going to be... Oh, our, our la- oh, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. well, yeah, I just we do have a little bit of housekeeping before we. I wasn't did. going. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so this this will be our last uh, reverse episode for for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a good thing. Um, <laughs> Not necessarily. You've been it, doing it, a good job. Yeah, it probably is for the audience, too. Oh. Um, but. We had a we had a new review, a good one. Yeah, pretty good. Um, it it said they they liked us and our banter, um, but they thought <laughs> unlike it, some people. Yeah, <laughs> but they thought that we sounded like we were reading a Wikipedia article, and that's because we, we do. are. <laughs> we are reading a Wikipedia. We're article. saving you from reading it. <laughs> Think of it that way. Well, I always do mine, and I did it on this one too. Mm-hmm. I mine is always a mix of I always include it's always at least history dot com mm, history channel dot com mm-hmm. and um and Wikipedia. Yeah. On a lot of them I've done though, I'm pulling stuff from like local papers and stuff like that too because Right. Like for know, Balloon Fest, I mm-hmm. remember you got Yeah, that was that. all mm-hmm. pretty much local newspaper stuff. Yeah. But the reason that <laughs> I guess I do most of the research, so it was calling out me, fair enough. Um Wikipedia puts it all in one place. It does. Somebody else already did the research. Pretty, pretty neatly, too. And here's the thing. If if we were professionals doing this, like, and monetizing this and making money, you can bet I'd be digging a shit ton more because I would have the time to do that. I would have the incentive to do that. But our main incentive for doing this is for our enjoyment. We have fun yes. doing this. And what's not fun is digging and digging and digging for information that you can just find on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So... So, while I appreciate <laughs> the idea, it's just that, like, 
I'm sorry, but I was trying to finish a, an entire bachelor's degree in four months <laughs> and have run my own business about to enter tax season, so and don't expect were, too much more. And you were finishing, uh, well, probably started about a year ago, but you were finishing um, your enrolled agent yes, exam, Yes, I've, I've been doing other shit this whole time. <laughs> like, I wish that this were, well, I, I don't know. I don't know that I wish that this was like our job. I like it being our hobby. If it, if it was like, yeah, if it was like a part of a like side a, project or something of like a whole bigger thing, like we were running our own little media company. Man, like, yeah, um, fair enough. Like the, uh, the what the political podcast people. Oh, Pod Save. Yes, the Pod Save like they have America like a whole people. they do empire network now. of yeah. yeah, exactly. My favorite. That would be fun. I don't think I have the the smarts or the, the know how to, to pull that off. I could do our books. There you go. <laughs> and our taxes. Yes. So if you're just leaving me to the entertainment, it wouldn't go off the ground very well. It, it would it would go it would it would go up like a Led Zeppelin. Yeah, exactly. So that's all to say. Sorry if it sounds like we're reading Wikipedia articles. We basically are, but hopefully we make it entertaining enough to like. Hopefully. Yeah. Anyway, um, we, we know we know for sure uh, Emily and Sarah Q and yeah, and, uh, and Quincy and, and several others have yeah. our, have our back. Yes, yeah, so we've got a good we've got a good uh, base of loyal listeners who yes. we very much appreciate and enjoy. <laughs> Which listening I honestly to. thought was something we would never have. I so know, right? Just the fact that we have that, right? Emily live tweets all of our episodes, <laughs> yes. and she live tweeted Murderball for us. You did you read and those tweets? Did. We yes. didn't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. She was tweeting it. While we were doing our uh, drop, though, so I was not looking oh, at my yeah, phone for like yeah. a three-hour span. Uh-huh. And it just happened to be that same <laughs> there's time. There's like 27 mm-hmm. notifications. I saw. I think there was like 14 on my Twitter. And I'm like, <laughs> Emily was live like, tweeting That's probably something. Probably her. <laughs> yeah. No, I love her live tweets. She's super funny. I I find her very. You know what I will say. I think we have a lot of very clever, very intelligent listeners. Maybe I'm slightly biased. I think they're actually a little more clever and a little funnier than we are. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, but that's you want to surround yourself with people who are more talented than you. That's what smart people do, hmm. right? <laughs> um, but, I would know the answer to that if I was smart. <laughs> but um, so I have. There's probably going to be a couple of weeks of one-off um, topics. You know, just single topic per episode. Uh, or, you know, like one episode per topic. But then I'm hoping around, probably within the next few weeks, um, will be my penultimate bad thing that I've been teasing for a while. Mm-hmm. But I want to finish the, yeah. all, the research on all three parts before um, recording and dropping them. So it's just going to take a little while longer for me to get together. Cause I want to do this one right and not rely on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that takes time. So, but I'm excited about this one. So stay tuned. I, I don't feel like I'm overhyping it cause this is a biggie. Okay. So. I think it'll be oh, keep significant, it. and yes. I feel I feel good about covering this one because I feel like it's it's something that I've had an interest in for a while, and so I think okay. I, I feel pretty confident in my ability to do a decent job on it, which is saying something because I rarely have a confidence in my doing a decent job on much of anything. So I feel confident in you as well. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, just wanted to make sure. 
<laughs> you know we can continue to banter as much as we want. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> all right. So, but. Having said all that. Yes. Now it's time. Well, obviously the listeners know what the episode is going to be about because the title is on there. Yep. Mm -hmm. But this week, yes, we are delving back into another plane crash, unfortunately. I wonder how many we've done at this point. I would say this is like our fifth or sixth. It might even be more than that. It might be. Yeah. We've done. Go back and count. Yeah. Quite a few. Well, there are so many. There are, but, but. If you're afraid of flying or oh, have a it's fear, proportionately, yes. much proportionately, less. it happens like le- like you have a better chance of being struck by lightning. Right, right. Oh, um, can I mention real quick? So on our um, all bad things discussion group, feel free to join. Our only rule is not that you can't be a dick. Um, uh, Alcinder, one of our um, loyal listeners, mm-hmm. brought up and was asking basically like what is like. Your awareness of bad things, like we're all obviously have a a morbid curiosity in disasters and such. What have you noticed in your own life that awareness, like affecting your life? They put it so much better. (laughs) It was a really mangled way to say. Have you noticed yourself becoming more aware of potential dangers? And how so? Yes, Yes. exactly. For, For me, it's definitely been. Like doing a quick three-second scan of whatever building I'm in. Yeah, I, I'm with exit, you. Exit, exit, exit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Alcindor said that, too. And I think that that's probably the biggest is, like, exits and fire hazards. Mm-hmm. Um, crowd disaster type things, too. So like, crowds don't... Crowds bother you no, a lot more than they bother no. me. No. Crowds don't bother me. Being in that fucking Bill's bar bothered me because there were, weren't the exits. It's, I'm cool in crowds provided I know where there's a clear path out. Like, that's that's my main thing. I'm not weirded out by being around a bunch of people. That That's not an issue. Um, but the other thing that was kind of revealed through the conversation was that there's proportionately less concern about, like, plane crashes um, and natural disasters in general, because there's no control over that. Like, exactly. not that you have control over fire or anything, but by some some situational awareness, your odds of surviving something like that are a lot bigger. Whereas in a plane crash, like if yeah, it's serious you and you're going down, yeah, you're going there's down. nothing you can do about it. Right. Yeah. So that's. Uh, but you are right that just even though there have been many plane crashes, there have been thousands upon thousands more flights that there were have fine. been millions and millions of successful takeoffs and landings and these like are just the minority millions. yes yes the severe minority. and i'm talking about i'm talking about stri- strictly commercial flight mm-hmm. military flights a completely different thing and charter flights yes and stuff. those yeah. can get a little dicier yeah. depending so this is specifically civilian commercial yeah. aircraft we're talking about you're the odds of you surviving it are fantastic. And someone else brought this up. Like, driving is a oh, much, much more, more dangerous. dangerous thing. Much more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was Stephen who brought it up. We yeah. have a better chance of getting killed driving to Winston-Salem than we, oh, do, yeah. than we do flying to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, great, because we're going to Winston-Salem in a couple weeks. That makes me feel super safe. Yeah, we'll be fine. We've made the trip before. It's not very far. Here's the one thing I will say. If we ever die... In some horrible accident or disaster, it'll be, be a, a poetic gesture. Yes, there will be. 
<laughs> be our, our maybe, dear maybe, listeners maybe, be comforted by that. Maybe that's when we'll get famous when we die. And, be like, and then our Disa- disaster podcasters die in plane crash and leave behind yeah, I, like I, I should not have said that <laughs> and leave behind like six hundred episodes of themselves talking about all these horrible things and now everyone will listen back on them. Yeah, like oh, and they didn't know, and then we'll get more listens. Yeah, it'll be like a uh, Nick Drake. Yeah, you would know who that is. He was like a he was like a folk singer in the late sixties, early seventies, died before he and became oh, okay. famous through like a couple like songs songs that were in car commercials. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, but that's how he gained his fame, literally right. like thirty years after he died. Anyway. That's sad. <laughs> so, yeah, and we're moving on to something that's very sad. Of course, again, a plane crash. And this is now, I'm not positive how to pronounce this word. Uh-huh. Aeroflot, or aerofloat. It is A-E-R-O-F-L-O-T. So it's Aeroflot. Aerofloat Flight. Aeroflot Flight 593. Uh-huh. That has a little bit of a better it's, than Aeroflot. Yeah. Anyway. Aeroflot Flight 593 was a regular passenger flight from Shermat... Sherem- Oh boy, Russian. Sheremetyevo. There is going to be a lot of Russian in this Sheremetyevo. one. Sheremetyevo. Sheremetyevo. International Airport in Moscow, Russia, to Kai Tak Airport in Hong Kong, China. Oh, okay. On March 23rd, 1994, the aircraft operating the route, <clears throat> an Airbus A310, flown by Aeroflot Russian International Airlines, crashed into a mountain range in Kemerovo Oblast, Russia killing all 63 passengers and 12 crew members on board. So 75 people total. 75 total. Do you want to give credit on this one? I do. I was going to get into that. Okay. This was suggested by my father, of all people. <laughs> it was so funny because he came to... So David's parents are snowbirds. Um, they're divorced, but they and their respective spouses are still snowbirds and they actually live really close to each other on both New York the New York end and the Florida end um but so they each come through uh around this time of year to go back down to Florida and we were sitting around with your dad hi Omer he's not listening but hi Omer anyway he'll never listen he Um, doesn't even know what a podcast is (laughs) (laughs) well he he kind of knew yeah well that was the funny thing we were just chatting with him sort of small talking whatever um and then we mentioned disasters and suddenly the conversation picked up precipitously because your father I he think, named he named a couple that we had actually yes, covered he's he, i think he's we, a little we bit were of like, a closeted disaster yeah we were like we we're like yeah we've covered that one yeah let me tell you all about it yes <laughs> and he he likes watching those like minutes from disaster and mm-hmm. stuff like that so that was when he maybe that's where i get it suggested this yeah <laughs> yes and my father knew that's s- right a, a woman who was like the, at the plant he worked at alcoa yeah. in in messina new york and it was like he knew the daughter of a man who uh, was a passenger was on, the, on this yeah, plane. Something like oh, that. Oh, a missionary. That's right. Who was yeah. a missionary going to China, yep. I think, was the story. So, so yeah. It, yeah. And clearly it didn't end well because everyone no. died. So. so I thought we would get, uh, we'd begin by getting into Aeroflot or Aerofloat. Aeroflot. Aeroflot. I, I think, I, I have a feeling that. Or a feeling. 
It seems to me that Russian words like have a very tense... Like a chop sound. Yeah, so yeah. aeroflot kind of sounds more Russian than aerofloat. We'll go with that. I don't know. Aeroflot. Anyway, chime in, dear listeners, if you have <laughs> your own opinion on Our this. Russian listeners. Yes. So, PJSC Aeroflot, Russian Airlines, commonly known as Aeroflot, is the flag carrier and largest airline of the Russian Federation. What's the Russian Federation? It's just, it's instead of a republic or a democracy, it's the Russian Federation. That's oh. what the state is officially called. I did not know that. Yes. I thought it was just Russia. Uh, I mean, it, it is, but this is the official name, okay. the Russian Federation. Okay. The carrier is an open joint stock company that operates domestic and international flights, mainly from its hub at Sheremetyevo International Airport. I said oh. that so many times earlier today. And to yes, that was pretty and good. had it. I had it down earlier, but Sheremetyevo. After seeing it again, it's like okay, I stumble on it. Now you said an open joint stock company. I will get into okay. All the, right, uh, then. the specifics of what that means. All right. Because I had a feeling you would ask. Nice, good call. <laughs> you know me well. And it was in the Wikipedia article, so it made it even made it even better. <laughs> Sorry to our friend who hopefully is. <laughs> Liking our banter enough yes. to not care that we're yeah. talking openly uh, about Wikipedia. Four stars, yeah. That's nice, yeah. Yes. It's nicer than a lot what a lot of but people I, have said I, about hey, us. Hey, <laughs> I, I appreciate the honesty. I probably would say the same thing about us. Yeah. Uh Yevo International Airport is there located in Malzaninovsky District, Northern Administration, Okrug, Moscow. That's way too yeah. much. Um, you need to shorten up your all of your words. <laughs> And make it like easier, like it's in it's in Messina, New York. You know, <laughs> there does there doesn't need to be four things in a lot of other countries, <laughs> especially like I noticed. You said oblasts earlier. Yes, that's like a district. That's in what Russia. I figured. But they also Something use like that. But they also use yes. districts. Yes. So there, there's like different ways of. Um, Narrowing down. Right. So, yeah. I I'm want- thinking the districts are probably their counties. That's kind of what I'm like, guessing. Um, like St. Lawrence County, Wake County, you know. Comparatively. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 But I honestly don't know. Well, I mean, like, Louisiana has parishes, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. it's kind of like that. Yeah. Counties, parishes, oblasts, yeah, but what a, what a northern administrative Okrug is, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I really don't know. <laughs> just just stop with the long words, Russians. <laughs> um, so uh, the airport is about 18 miles or 29 kilometers. Very nice. Northwest of central Moscow. It is one of three. Now, where is Moscow geographically in Russia? That I don't know, but this is just outside of it. <laughs> okay, at least we've all heard of Moscow. Yes. <laughs> so it's, I, it's funny. Nearby. I did funny. I did look up where this was in terms of where it is to Moscow, but not where Moscow <laughs> is to Russia, because we've all yeah, it's it's, it's there. It's the capital. It's in there. You know, had, had you know, it's important. <laughs> yes. It is one of three major airports that serve Moscow, along with. Domo de Dovo Airport and Venukovo International Airport. Sheremetyevo International Airport handles 40,093,000 passengers and 308,090 aircraft movements, making the airport just the 50th busiest airport in the world. That's exactly what I thought when I I was like, 50th? Really? So, like, the other ones have, like, hundreds of millions or something. I, I think they were saying... I think somebody told me Atlanta has, like, 
yeah, like a couple hundred million. Atlanta is the busiest in the U.S., right? I, it used to be like O'Hare, that. I think, and then it. Ended I think up it in shuffles Atlanta. now between Atlanta and like Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay, I think that's a pretty busy one too. But yeah, either way, that's a fucking shitload of people. Yes, um, <laughs> that's how they rank them. Yeah, fucking, fucking shitload. shitload. Fucking. But just but okay, ton. and again, just to think of your odds. Okay, so forty million plus passengers right. go through here a year, right? And we're only talking about seventy-five dying. Now that's. That's not saying that was the only crash that year. No, but I'm just saying. Right. But still, yes. Yeah. If, if you were, and that was just at one airport. So, yes, it's true. I, I'm sure the statistics are easy to find. They yeah. say, like, you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than dying in a plane crash or something like that. So, yeah, I, oh, I, I'm I, sorry. I, I, <laughs> Did I, I steal your statistics? No, I said that earlier. So, so, oh, you did? So, yes. No, you did. Yes, I did. So now you kind of sound like Donald Trump. Like, <laughs> People are saying. People are saying. You have, I don't you, know. I hear people saying. People are saying. People are saying you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning. I hear it all the time. I'm sorry. Oh, that was no, that was good. We're, I'm we're, starting to steal your lines in the same episode. No, we're definitely we're definitely leaving that in. That was funny. Um, that's how observant I am. Um. So it's the 50th busiest airport in the world, but it is the busiest airport in the Russian Federation. So it's the busiest airport in Russia. Russia's a big-ass country, Yes, it is. And this is um, in the the biggest metro area, I Mm -hmm. imagine, in Russia. I would think so. Moscow, yeah. Yeah. Um, Aeroflot is one of the oldest oldest airlines in the world, Hmm. tracing its history back to 1923 during the Soviet era. Okay. Aeroflot was the Soviet national airline and the largest airline in the world. Following the dissolution of the USSR, the carrier was transformed from a state-run enterprise into Uh, a semi-privatized company, which ranked as the 19th most profitable airline in the world in 2007. So it's still around? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Aeroflot is still considered the de facto national airline Uh, of Russia and is 51% owned by the Russian government. Oh, as of September 2013, Aeroflot had 30,328 employees and controls roughly 40% of the air market in Russia. So that's, yeah, that's a significant yeah, market share. That's huge. Um, so getting back to what you were about to ask earlier. fifty-one. So majority ownership by, by the, government. the government. Yeah. So I guess that's what a open, open joint, joint stock, stock company. company. Uh, open joint, because you can buy stock. But it's owned by the government and a private so entity? I, d- I don't know. So I just finished taking 28 courses in accounting and business. And I will admit that once they got into stocks and um, publicly traded companies... And you, you tuned out. I fucking hate that shit. Um, but I... Fuck it. I'm done with school. I don't give a shit that I don't know what it, what it is. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm getting the fucking piece of paper. I already passed all my fucking tests. Thank you very much. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, you fucking fuck. <laughs> I got very hostile there for no reason. <laughs> fuck you if you don't think I know what an open joint stock company is. And I don't give a fuck what an open yeah. joint stock company is. Thank you very much. Yeah, fuck your mother too, okay? <laughs> wow, I've also got, been got, watching a lot of Sopranos, so maybe that's part go. of it. Should be getting real bitter with school and the Sopranos at the same time on the same schedule. Um, so the captain of flight 593 was, here we go with the, oh the Russian names again, was Andrei Viktorovich Danilov, 40 years old, who was hired by Aeroflot in November 1992. He was younger than you. Uh, yes, he was. Fired one year. 
Almost two. Almost two. But uh, we're going to cut that part. (laughs) He had accrued over 9,675 hours of flight time, including 950 hours in the A310, which is the aircraft that they were about to operate, of which 895 hours were as captain. So an experienced... Okay. Absolutely experienced uh, captain. The first officer was Igor Vasilevich Piskaryov. 33, hired by Aeroflot in October 1993, who had 5,885 hours of flight time, including 440 hours in the A310. The relief pilot was, this is an awesome name, (laughs) Yaroslav Vladimirovich Kudrinsky, 39. Have you ever noticed that in Russian... Like, anytime I've done research on a Russian disaster, everyone's full name is given, like, three names, a solid three names for everybody. That like, just might be their culture. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say it might be, like, a, just a but I was, common thing. I was just thinking, I've, I've heard <laughs> Vladimir a million oh, yes. times as a Russian name. Mm-hmm. I've never heard Vladimirovich. So that makes uh, me so that makes me think of like maybe it's been that the whole time, but everybody just calls themselves Vladimir <laughs> or Vlad. <laughs> maybe um, you know it's it's like if your name is Chad, could it be Chadwick Chadley? or Chadley? Chadley. Chadley. <laughs> I had a boss. Nobody would ever know. Yeah, I had a boss whose husband's name was Chadley. Just think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Chadley. <laughs> Like you couldn't not you could not be a douchebag with a name like Chadley. It'd be pretty tough. Apologies to all the Chadleys who are well, listening. Well, apo- well, apologies to the poor kid whose parents named him that. Can you imagine looking at a little baby and saying, "Hi, Chadley"? Hi, Chadley. <laughs> oh, what parents this, do to their this children? W- this one girl I used to work with at at uh, I think this is when I was working at Tiernanog. Yeah, um, she was like a hardcore like Christian person, mm-hmm. like behind the scenes, like she didn't. She wasn't too... She wasn't too uppity about it, like, if you were just hanging out with her, but, like, you became friends with her on Facebook, and you're like, oh, she's at church, like, all the time. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, she named her daughter Hadley, and I was like, hmm. that is a fucking terrible heard, name. No, there's a... I think there's, like, a pop singer named... No, Hasley or Halsey. No, it's Halsey. Halsey, that's yes. right, That because uh, yes. Bella likes mm-hmm. her, yeah. Um, but Hadley, Hadley, I was like... You know Th- what it rem- that's such a terrible name. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of an old lady, and this is why. Yeah, kind of, yeah. But here's an old why lady for from me, the 1850s or something. Here's why for me, because um, in our church when I was like 11 or 12, we had a 95-year-old lady, I think she was, named Bella Hadley. And so, yeah, but that was her middle name. No, it was her last name. Oh, last. Okay, but, but yeah. But it's that's just, fine. Yeah, but that's the mental picture okay. you get with the name like Hadley. Sure, but like, and I get Hadley. like she had a walker with the tennis balls on the front. <laughs> oh yes. And she had she it's came called, by. It's called a rollator. It's not a walker. Okay, and she came by um, special transportation systems. Yeah, I only know? know that because I sold like those medical device equipment oh. for like a little over a year. <laughs> so you know, I wasn't being. I wasn't being a jerk about it. Okay. <laughs> I was trying not Everyone to Everyone knows. Everybody knows it's a rollator with the tennis balls on the front. Yeah. But that is honestly what it is called. <laughs> so Vladimir Chadley. <laughs> Vladimir Chadley. No, Vladimirovich Chadley. Vladimirovich. No, we're not going to give, no, we are not going to Chadley him. His name is Yaroslav Vladimirovich Kudrinsky. That's a pretty awesome name. Okay. Sounds so, like a hockey player. Yes, they all do. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So he was 39, and he was hired by Aeroflot in November 1992. Now he was the relief pilot, yes. you said? So mm-hmm. that's like a backup pilot? Yeah. Kind of? He's probably just sitting in the front seat in first class, just in case something happens. I'm sure all flights have that. A backup pilot. <laughs> really? No, I've never a, heard a, of that. A backup pilot? Sure. I have never heard of that. It didn't seem weird to me. So he <laughs> had... I've uh, really never heard of that. Okay. He okay. had over 8,940 flying hours, including 907 hours in the A310 alone. So he actually had the most hours in the A310. Okay. And all these guys were hired within like a year or two of each other, and they had about the same ex- amount of experience. So Were they all relatively... Wait, how long had they been working for this company? Uh, well, this crash happened. <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, what the was crash, the date? The I crash happened. I remember that. Uh, in March 1994. Oh, okay. These guys are all hired in 92 and 93, and so they had. In 90, late 92. Mm-hmm. So. But they had. Yeah, but, but they, they had plenty of flying time. It, it just was with the company. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so Kondrinsky also had experience in the Yakovlev Yak 40, Antonov AN 12, and the Ilyushin. <laughs> 276. Very nice. I don't know what that means. There were nine flight attendants on board the plane as well. Those are just the other types of aircraft. That's where the the 12 um, crew members come from. Yes. Three pilots, 12, oh no, nine flight attendants. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Airbus A310, so to get into the the history of the actual aircraft Mm -hmm. itself. Um, it is a medium to long range twin engine wide body jet airliner that was developed and manufactured by Airbus beginning in 1977, which was then a consortium of European aerospace manufacturers at the time of its development. It was the second airliner produced by the company, the first being the Airbus A300. The A310 is a smaller derivative of the A300, which held the distinction of being the first twin engine wide body airliner. Okay. The design of the A310 is essentially a fuselage shrink of the A300. So it's just a scaled down a little version. Thinner. Yeah, okay. a little thinner and a little shorter. Okay. Um, furnished with a new wing and a lighter landing gear configura- configuration to suit the smaller scale of the aircraft. The first Airbus A310 flight occurred on April 3rd, 1982, and in April in 1983, the A310 entered revenue service with Swiss Air. Okay, so this is like a 10-year-old aircraft basically the model or the is. model yes yeah. whether it was built in that yeah. yeah so and i'm guessing during that time they probably built a shitload more of them yeah i would yeah. think so yeah. so because they're not just they started with swiss air but they um they have contracts with all sorts of other big international companies international flight companies um I'm nodding. I, I just realized I was nodding instead of saying anything, and that doesn't play well on a podcast. Not very well. Can yeah. you see what she's doing? <laughs> if you can, then you're very talented. So now, unfortunately, uh, we are on to the accident. Now that we have um, the prototype, essentially, of the plane and mm-hmm. the airports out of the way, because those are important things. And the many Russian names. Yes, lots of those, and more to come. And Vladimirovich. Yes, Vladimirovich. Our next cat will be named Vladimirovich. <laughs> well, we do have a Demetrius. We so. do, yes, it would fit. So, on March 23rd, 1994, the Jedi aircraft was en route from Sheremetyevo International Airport in Moscow to Kai Tak Airport in Hong Kong, with 75 occupants aboard, of whom 63 were passengers. Right. Most of the passengers were businessmen from Hong Kong and Taiwan who were looking for economic opportunities in Russia. 
Okay, like spec, like um, uh, reconnaissance, like taking scouting, yeah, sort having, of for probably having stuff. meetings. You know, stuff like I mean, Russia and China do a lot of business yes, together. So. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, probably something like that. Meetings and a missionary, apparently. Yes, and yeah. one missionary. At least. <laughs> Relief pilot Kudrinsky was taking his two children on their first international flight, and they were brought to the cockpit while he was on duty. Now, I'm I'm not going to pretend to be surprised by what happens next because we did talk about this. Yes, I just we don't want to feign. But if anyone. So five people were thus on the flight deck. Kudrinsky, co-pilot Piskaryov, Kudrinsky's children, Eldar and Yana, and another pilot, Vladimir Makarov, who was flying as a passenger. Okay, so he was not mentioned before. He was just a, a rando on board, but who was a pilot? So, yes. Okay. With the autopilot active, Kudrinsky, against regulations, Uh-oh. let the children sit at the controls. <laughs> and I'm going to guess that, yeah. <laughs> There's a good reason it's against regulations. I would think that anybody who is a non-pilot should not be sitting, should not be sitting mm-hmm. at the controls, mm-hmm. whether they are children or adults or I whoever. I wouldn't sit behind Fuck the no. controls I wouldn't, plane. No, I wouldn't even want to go in no. the damn cockpit. Well, maybe I would. That'd probably be like, kind of a cool view. And sit very much in the back. Like, yeah, but, yeah, and like don't touch anything. <laughs> no, like hands in pockets. Yeah. So with the autopilot active, okay. uh, again, against regulations, he let his kids sit at and the controls. And these are children. Well, kind of. They're, they're like young teens, early teens. But still children. Still. Like 27-year-old it's men just, are children. It's so, like, yeah. why would you do that? But anyway. Oh. First, his daughter Yana took the pilot's left front seat. Okay. Kudrinsky adjusted the autopilot's heading to give her the impression that she was actually turning the plane. Oh. <laughs> though she had actually no control of the okay. aircraft. Okay. Shortly thereafter, Kudrinsky's son Eldar occupied the pilot's seat. Unlike his sister, Eldar applied enough force to the control column to contradict the autopilot for 30 seconds. So it cut off the autopilot for 30 seconds. Well, no. Or, or, he he oh, was... he was pushing for 30 seconds. Yes. Oh, okay. I see. And that confused the computer. Okay. And the, autopilot, the autopilot disengaged. Eesh. So this caused the flight computer to switch the plane's ailerons to manual control while maintaining control over the other flight systems. So an aileron... And it, it's spelled A-I-L-E-R-O-N. Okay. We're doing a lot of spelling in Russian and... There's a lot of terms. <laughs> but it's a, it's a strange-sounding word. Aileron. Aileron, but it sounds like the right way to pronounce it, I guess. Uh, yeah? Yeah. So, it is a hinged flight control surface, usually forming part of the trailing edge of each wing of a fixed-wing aircraft. And now that I've seen it, looked it up, mm-hmm. you, you see this on pretty much all planes. Okay. You have the wing. Okay. And then there's this little small part. Mm-hmm. That almost looks like a cutout like of the wing. Like a gill, kind, kind of? of? yes. Uh, okay. That flaps up sometimes yes. when yes, you're, you've got a window seat mm-hmm. by the wing? Yep. Okay. That's exactly what it is. That's an um, aileron. That's an aileron. That's interesting. Yes, I never knew that. Me neither. Um, so they are used in pairs to control the aircraft in roll, which normally reser- results in a change in flight path due to the tilting of the lift vector. The movement. I'm not <laughs> well, even gonna bother. Okay, okay, I'm not okay. even gonna. I, I looked gonna say, all that stuff up, I was and I'm like, "So you said all that? Yeah. Like, was that a copy paste?" No, it wasn't. 
No, you, you put that all in your own words? Yes, this is, yeah. I do have some copy-pasting on here, trust <laughs> but me. But that wasn't but it. That, that, was was, that was a very well-put-together sentence. Well, that's because I looked up all the stuff, but I okay. decided not to put it in because this it, is about the accident. It'd be a little But I thought ailerons because yeah, that was, we've, I it's reasonable like, to explain what those are. I feel like I, a lot of us have seen them. Yes. You know, if you've ever been by the wing of the plane, you know, during. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. So, uh, a change in the flight path due to the tilting of the lift vector is also known as, or I'm, I'm sorry, a movement around this axis is known as rolling or banking, which I think are oh, okay. terms that pretty much everybody's like heard. Turn, yes. Like um, tilting the plane, basically. The, the banking would be a turn at an angle. Okay. That's okay. what a bank is. I gotcha. Like, uh, just picture a NASCAR track. And a roll is a literal, like, starting to tilt to one side probably like a list in a ship yeah probably okay yeah. a roll or a list but if you're but if you're trying to think of what a banking angle is just literally think of a nascar track every yeah, nascar track has a bank the up and over mm-hmm. yeah it's or, an angle it's high off the ground it's this way right left hand turn they're all left hand turns not always no not on road courses they go to the right they do on no? road courses sometimes but uh but tracks are all to the left they are okay yes so that's what a bank is. It's a it's a high angle. Gotcha. Um, like almost up, like when they're driving almost up on the wall. Kinda, yes, yeah. and you can and you can only go around that if you're going a certain speed. Right. You couldn't go around that thing if you're going thirty you miles just, an hour. You, you would just tip turn, over. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but if you're going hundred miles an hour, you'll get it, through it, it works, just fine. Yeah. So you can't be a chicken. <laughs> you cannot. No, you got to gun it. Um, your car would not perform very well on a bank. <laughs> Poor white lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would be just fine. <laughs> so, um, so because of this, a silent indicator light came on to alert the pilots to this partial disengagement. A silent. It feels like it should be more like, hey, hey, okay. hey, wait, 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 look at me. The pilots, who had previously mostly flown Russian design planes, which had audible warning signals, oh, no. apparently failed to notice it. Uh-oh. Eldar was the first to notice a problem. Now remind me who Eldar is. Eldar is the son of the oh, co-pilot Kudrinsky, who is the youngest. The kid who fucked this whole thing yes. up. Yes. Now, granted, his father is most to His blame. father <laughs> fucked this whole thing up. Let's be honest. Eldar is just a kid. A kid, yeah. Whose name is Eldar. That can't be very... That's called. It's almost like Chadley. Chadley? <laughs> like Vladimirovich. Had a, had a son named Eldar. Eldar. It sounds more like a Lord of the Rings name or a Game of Thrones. See, to me, it sounds like a Muppet name. <laughs> Eldar. It does, like Eldar. You know, I just, for whatever reason, think of a Muppet. It sounds old-fashioned, you like medieval. <laughs> yes. So Eldar was the first to notice a problem. when He, he b- saw the line or the well, light? Well, he observed that the plane was banking right. Oh, okay. So he, <laughs> you mean, so the kid like, was uh, the first one to be like, I don't yep. think we're supposed to be doing this. Dad? Uh. Shortly after, the flight path indicator changed to show the new flight path of the aircraft as it turned. Since the turn was continuous, the resulting predicted flight path drawn on screen was a 180 degree turn. So literally just turning right okay. around. Okay, okay. I, I don't know why I explained that. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what a 180 is. Well, but still, <laughs> I used to I used to constantly say like, oh, you know, they did a complete 360. <laughs> when really, I should have said 180, meaning opposite, not all the way back around yeah, again. A 360 is complete, yes. so, <laughs> so <laughs> that's, is. that's redundant. Yes. <laughs> um, this indication is similar to those shown when in a holding pattern, and this is oh, okay, yes. yeah, yeah. Because you're circling exactly. when they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So gotcha. in a holding pattern, a 180-degree turn is required to remain in a stable position. Right. 
This confused the pilots for nine seconds, during which time the plane banked past a 45-degree angle to almost 90 degrees. So at this point, they, they like, are, are banking, almost sideways. Like, no, or, straight up. They're at oh. a 90-degree angle almost. Oh, okay. So while banking, yes. Oh, I gotcha. Ooh. Which was much steeper than the design of this aircraft well, allowed. And also everyone's like, why do we feel like we're lying on our backs in our seats right now? The A310 cannot turn this steeply while maintaining height, and the plane started to lose altitude quickly. Oh, um, no. So they're, they're dropping now, down. Now they're dropping down. By the tail end, um, basically? No, no, no. I think just, like, kind of flat. But they were almost headed vertical. Okay. <laughs> just shrug. They're fucking falling okay. from the sky, however it's, however it's happening. The angle may be less important <laughs> than the fact that they were descending when they were yeah. not meaning to. Well, I mean, the angle is important, but... Gotcha. Not as important as the descent part. Yes. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, so the A310 cannot turn this steeply okay. while maintaining height. So that's And the what... plane started to lose altitude. Okay. The increased G-forces on the pilots and crew made it extremely difficult for them to regain control. So now they're falling at... But they're, like, trying to fight against... Because yeah. they're falling. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, think of being on a roller coaster. Have you ever... You've been on a big roller... Like, when you no. do that, you haven't. I've okay. never been on a big one. I've been on small ones. When you do that initial drop-down, mm-hmm. oh, the, the fucking... You can feel it. Well, so, my... I have been on two roller coasters in my life. I'm not fond of them. That's why it's only been two. The first one, I was 11 years old. 10 or 11. Anyway, who who the fuck cares? It wasn't a big one, so who cares? (laughs) It was in the Mall of America. Oh, okay. Yes, in in Minnesota. Eh? Oh, yeah. And... It was um, the Paul Bunyan. Here's, here's how fucking Minnesotan this is. The Paul Bunyan log flume. <laughs> okay. Log you flumes are fun. You go through this whole... It's all in water. And you go through... So the whole roller coaster is on water. And you, um, it's called a log flume. Okay. I didn't, know there was a, <laughs> I, get, I didn't know that was like the name for it. I thought it was called a log flume because it was Paul Bunyan and he chopped wood. <laughs> you know, it's a roller coaster on water. I didn't is, know that was a thing. <laughs> well, first of all, it doesn't. It's not a roller coaster if it's on water. <laughs> it's, that's a, it's a fucking roller coaster. You go up, you go down fast. That's a roller coaster. Okay. <laughs> but this thing. Continue that, on. <laughs> I don't know if it's still there, but it went because this was like 1996. It went um, all like so. This was in Camp Snoopy, and. <laughs> What? That's just funny. That's what they call the indoor amusement park inside the Mall of America. It's called Camp Snoopy. Oh, I didn't know it had an actual name. Yeah. Okay. And, or it was anyway. I don't know if it still is. So the park inside the mall has a name. Yeah. Camp Snoopy. And the log flume went like, you could see it. You could see the... That's pretty cool. From the inside of the... Like, because... And so then you could look down... Anyway. um, As it was going through. But the last... Thing that it does, I hated the whole thing. But the last thing that it does, I went on it with my sister, is it it just has a huge drop near the end. I mean, and and like if you look at it, by it's huge, inside by, a by mall. By huge meaning twenty feet. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it's it felt near vertical. I don't I sure. don't know. That probably wasn't exactly. But um, so I was sitting behind my sister, and 
I do remember the feeling like I was going to fall out. That's the, the G-forces mm-hmm. like yeah. you're talking about. It's a rush. That's how this all ties back in. But, um, you know, they had one of those camera things where they take your mm-hmm. picture automatically as you're going down. <clears throat> and then you can buy it if you want or whatever. Well, I saw the picture and it was like my sister in the front going, woo, you know, and literally you can just see my arms wrapped around her (laughs) (laughs) and like a little bit of my glasses peeking over her shoulder as I'm just Uh, fucking terrified. 20 foot free fall is a real bastard. It was awful. (laughs) It was awful. I've jumped off things three three times higher than that. It's all really dumb. Why do you people like that shit? It's terrifying. I hated it. And then the other time I tried a roller coaster was like five or six years ago at the state fair with my dad. I spent the whole time. Mind you, I was like a 27, 28 year old woman. I spent the whole time holding, like gripping onto my father's hand and arm going, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And this is just like a little fair roller coaster. It was miserable. Why do you people like that shit? I'm accusing all of our listeners of liking it. Because adrenaline is fun No, it's not. The adrenaline of performing in front of a large crowd, music, I get that. I like that. Yeah, but not everybody can do that. Well, so, learn so, a fucking so, instrument, so then you don't have to so the, go in a roller coaster. So the rest of us have to resort to roller no, coasters. No, you don't. Learn an yes. instrument. <laughs> Just learn an instrument. Start a band. Play some shows. It's yeah. easy. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's actually not all that hard. <laughs> it's easier just getting on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worse. <laughs> no, it's not. It's awful. <laughs> anyway. So let's get back to the <laughs> the descent. The, the G-Force awful plane disaster. Yes. Um, so again, the increased G-forces on the pilots and crew made it extremely difficult for them to regain control. So now the autopilot, which no longer controlled the ailerons, yeah. used its other controls in order to compensate, pitching the nose up. So the autopilot went back on? Well, it has other functions. Oh, just okay. Flying. okay. So now it's doing something else. Oh, it's okay. supposed to be guiding them on a certain right. course. But now that they're literally falling it's from the just sky. It's trying to help them out, basically. Yeah. Um, so um, the autopilot, unable to cope, disengaged completely. Ooh. An indicator light came on to alert the pilots of the complete disengagement, but this time they did notice it, thankfully. Oh, good. At the same time, the autopilot's display screen went blank. Uh-oh. To recover, terrible. To recover from the stall, an automatic system lowered the nose and put the plane into a nosedive. No, 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 no. That is, that would be, oh my god, that's the worst. Yeah. But it helped in this sense. Okay. The reduced G-forces enabled Kudrinsky to retake his seat. So this whole time like, this is happening. He's like, get over. But he can't before yeah, because, the the, because of the force. They probably can't move hardly at all. Yeah. Um, so the kid gets out of the seat. The dad gets I mean, in. Can you fucking imagine, though, being this kid and being like, what the fuck? And he probably didn't even know what uh, What knows. actually happened. Yeah. What he does know yeah. is that they're falling from the sky at yeah. this point. Yeah. God damn. That's horrifying. Um, Piskaryov then managed to pull out of the dive, but overcorrected, putting the plane into an almost vertical ascent. Oh, God. Again, stalling the plane. So this is the second time that the plane is stalled. Oh, geez. By this time, it was falling out of the sky into a corkscrew dive. Oh. Mm. 
I hate this. This is a bad one. This is fucking terrible. I I hate roller coasters. This is like this is that times a trillion, and they're all gonna die. This is a roller coaster where your death is pretty much imminent. That's horrible. Oh Although Kudrinsky and Piskaryov again regained control. That's crazy. And leveled out the wings. They did not know how far they had descended during oh. their crisis, and their altitude by then was too low to recover. Oh man. The plane crashed. <clears throat> excuse me. The plane crashed at high vertical speed, mm-hmm. estimated at seventy meters a second, or fourteen thousand feet per minute. I I can't really equate that to anything, but it's fast. Really fucking fast. Yeah. Think of going um, for somebody to <clears throat> for somebody to race a human to race a hundred meters. A professional mm-hmm. takes about nine to ten seconds. So imagine going 70 meters yeah, in one yeah. second. The aircraft crashed with its landing oh. gear up, and all passengers had been prepared for an emergency. Well, obviously. yeah, because they had been going through all that shit. They, were, they, yeah. they went through a a drop out of the sky, which it sounds like it was somewhat level, but okay. maybe a little descending, because it said the first time the autopilot yeah. took over, when this was happening, it did it to tilt the nose up. Right. So that tells me the nose was facing down. Okay. So then, and then it over, then it stalled. Yeah. Then it overcorrected. Uh-huh. Then it stalled again, uh-huh. and then now they're nose in a corkscrew, and, cor- and then they pull out of it again. But by then, yeah. they're too low to the ground, yeah. and it's going too fast. Yeah. No distress, no distress calls were made prior to the crash. Despite despite the struggles of both pilots to save the aircraft, it was later concluded that if they had just let go of the control column, oh no, the autopilot would have automatically taken action to prevent stalling, thus avoiding the accident altogether. So by trying to stop it, they actually caused it or but they, continued it. But I'm sure that they didn't know that because why would you know? Yeah, that it was gonna. Or maybe you did, but how could you know if we're in a corkscrew dive? Don't do anything. Right? Like, that's... Like, how would you... You would... I'm sure you're not... Well, I'm sure as trained pilots, their first thought was take do control. something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's true. I wouldn't... Mm. Now, we're not talking about a fighter jet. Like, a fighter jet, no. if you're falling out of the sky, they're small and sleek. Yeah. Do something. Right. You've got to get... You've got to... Right. But we're talking about an Airbus. Yeah. You oh, know, that's... They can't maneuver as, obviously, I, like a military plane. I feel like... There's, like, just all these sick ironies to this story, and it's, oh, this is a bad one. And just, oh, and this is complete human error. Obviously, yeah. the kid did not mean no. to do this. No. Um, and, the, and, the, and the dad did not mean for his kids to. No. So, and completely, had the, completely had, preventable. Had the autopilot warning been an audible, they would have... They might have noticed yeah. it earlier. Yes. Yeah. Because they didn't really start to notice until, until it was... too late. Until yeah. their first free fall. Yeah. Um, oh, and when man. that first free fall happened, they couldn't really do anything because they were held back by the G-Force. Yeah. So... Oh, God. So the wreckage was located on a remote hillside in the Kuznetsk... Alatau mountain chain, Very approximately good. 20 kilometers or 12 miles <laughs> east of. All right, this is gonna be <laughs> nice. Is this the best <clears> one? This has got like uh, there's about 45 letters in this word. <laughs> Mezdurachensk, Kamerovo Oblast, Russia. That was good. Okay, good job. I'll, I'll take that one. I'm never gonna say it again. Those, <laughs> that combination of words. 
Um, so the flight data recorders were found on the second day of searching. Okay. Families of Western victims placed flowers on the crash site, while families of Chinese victims mm-hmm. scattered pieces of paper with messages written on them around the crash site. So it must have been like um, uh, customs. Probably. Just the different customs. Yeah. Oh. The airline originally denied that the children were in the cockpit, but Uh accepted the fact when the Moscow-based magazine Obozvrit, Obozvrit, which is Russian for observer. Oh, the observer. Yeah, but uh, now when I say observer, I'm going to Obozvrit. Obozvrit. Obozrevatel, whatever. Published the transcripts on the week of Wednesday, September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four. Oh, the voice, the voice recorder, yes. the black box. Oh boy. The Associated Press said that, according to the transcript, the Russian crew almost succeeded in saving the plane. Ugh. New York Times said that a transcript of the tape printed in the magazine Obos Revitel. Okay, it changed that time. I did because I think I, pr- <laughs> I think I might have pronounced it correctly that time. Uh, or observer. <laughs> observer. Shows that the Russian crew nearly managed to save the Airbus plane and the 75 people on board, but that it was hampered by the presence of children and its unfamiliarity. I don't know why that's such a hard word. (laughs) It's all right. With the foreign-made plane. Because even though these guys had... They had a decent amount of flight time on this actual plane. But they had much more flight time on their... Russian-made aircraft. Yes. So... The New York Times also stated that an analysis by an aviation expert published in Roskakisi's Vesti, <laughs> Russian for Russian News, oh, okay. supported that analysis as well. Okay. So now... Do you have the transcript? We have the transcripts. Oh. I'm, not go- I'm going to start with the kid and his father. There, okay. are, there are four people involved in this, but if okay. I keep saying the person gotcha, and then the gotcha. statement, it will... So you we're know. just going back and forth between the kid and the father at first? Initially, but two other people do get involved. Okay, so who starts the conversation? Um, Eldar, because the it's the kid who first notices oh, that's that's, right. that that's something, right. something's amiss. Oh, this is going to be horrible, isn't it? So here is the full transcript okay. uh, that was released. Okay. Eldar, why is it turning? Kudrinsky, who is his father, mm-hmm. is it turning by itself? Eldar, yes it is. Kudrinsky, I don't know why it's turning. Is it going off course? Could it be some kind of zone? We've gone into a zone, a holding pattern. Have we? Of course we have. Guys. Who's... That is Makarov, who was the actual uh, pilot. (laughs) It's not good when the pilot's like, um, guys. Guys. The plane exceeds a... Now, and then it does... Explains what's happening in between the conversation. Gotcha. So this is the part where the plane exceeds a 45-degree bank angle. Remember, it it almost goes goes to a 90-degree angle. And that's when it stalls the first time. So the G-forces increase, making it difficult for Kudrinsky to return to his seat. Okay. So this is starting with Kudrinsky. This is going basically back and forth between the three pilots, this next conversation. Hold it. Hold the control column. The speed... The other way, to the left, to the left, 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 the other way, turn it, to the left, left. I am turning it left. Now that that's, is, that's the child. So the kid is the one in is still in the, the seat right at this point. Because no one else can get in. Exactly. So all the pilots are just yelling at him, turn to the fucking left, turn yes. to the fuck. And he's like, yeah, I am. I'm I trying. Am. That's, you know what I gotta say, Eldar, for being. The kid that he was and doing the shit that he did accidentally, granted, he's not a pilot whatever for him to be able to 
react and communicate in that situation is actually pretty impressive. Somewhat. I would have just Well, not somewhat. No, they are pretty impressive. I would have fucking passed out at that point, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Or wished I I had, at least. Yeah, I I probably would have wished I was already dead. God. Um, So Eldar, um, I am turning it left. left. So now this is his dad again. To the right, to the right. Oh, jeez. Can't you see or what? That's the co-pilot. Okay. So now we're at the point where the altitude warnings, autopilot disengagement warnings, and stall warnings sound in quick succession. Okay. The plane begins to descend at speeds of up to 1,000 feet per no! second. So most planes' cruising altitude is 30, 30 to 40,000 yeah. 40, feet. So if you're dropping at 1,000 feet per second, that means... 30 seconds and you're down. And you're on the ground. Jesus. So the plane begins to descend at almost speeds of up to 1,000 feet per second, causing the plane to almost reach breakup speed. So the the aircraft could literally pull apart. Oh, my God. So now we're back to Piskaryov. Okay. Um, Turn right, turn right, turn right. Oh, boy. Right. To the left. There's the ground. Eldar, get out. Climb back out. Climb back out. Okay. You see the danger, no? Throttles to idle. Now that's Piskaryov again. Okay. Piskaryov pulls out of the dive. Okay, so they got the kid out of the seat. Now. Yes. Okay. But he overcorrects. Wow. Oh. The aircraft climbs almost vertically and then starts to stall once again. Oh no, they haven't gotten the kid out. Look at what you're about to say. They're, oh yes, yeah. okay. So well, he, well, they were saying to him, Eldar, get out in the previous transcript, but now they're back in. Okay. So again, his 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 father, Eldar, get out, get out, Eldar, get out, get out. Eldar, get out, get out, get out, gasping. Get oh, out. It's probably really hard. Get out, I say. Wow. G-forces slightly decrease enough for Eldar okay. to get out of the captain's seat. Okay. Kudrinsky finally returns to his seat, able to work with Skaryov. Okay. So now this whole part of the conversation it is, is with pretty the much the pilot control. and co-pilot. Well, the pilot's in the seat. It also, the captain makes an appearance in here once or twice. But Okay. All so right. this is mostly the pilot and co-pilot. You're right. That would be a lot to identify who's speaking. Yeah, I, 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 it would I, be I, kind I, of annoying. Yeah. Um, full power, full power, full power. Got full power, got it. Full power, got it. Full power. I gave it full power. I gave it, what's the speed? Look on the left. It's 340. Okay, Sobbing. Oh, Full my God. power. Oh, so they knew what the fuck was going on at this. They were just frightened. Speed is very speed is very high. High, is it? Yes, isn't it? I switched it off. We're coming out, coming out. Done. Gently? Shit, not again. Don't turn it right. The speed. There. We'll get out of this. Everything's fine. Gently. Unintelligible. Gently. Pull up gently. So at local time, twenty four hundred hours. So min, uh, which wait, was twenty four hundred hours isn't a thing. It's military. No, it's it's it gets to twenty three fifty nine and then it's oh hundred midnight. No, no it's twenty four hundred hours is midnight. No, zero is midnight. I thought it was twenty four hundred. I thought it was zero. Whatever. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. But that that is not local time. The Greenwich mean time of this happening is seventeen fifty eight oh one. So okay. seven. So this happened at. Uh, so this happened at five o'clock. A.M. P.M. Five fifty eight oh one P.M. Okay. Yes. So this was in, in the evening. Yeah. Greenwich mean time. Greenwich. Whatever. <laughs> so after he says gently, pull up gently. That was that at five fifty eight. Sound of impact, end of recording. 
that sounds horrifying. They that that's a long conversation and a long time to know that shit's going down. And the fact that somebody was crying is pretty clear that they knew what the fuck was going on. It reminded me. It reminded me of the the Japanese airline flight that we covered, where they were control trying their hardest to control yeah. an uncontrollable plane for yeah. about thirty minutes. Yeah. For a long time, they were yes. in that. In this one, they've got a matter of it, it seconds. Was pretty yeah, it was pretty quick, but. Comparatively, but still, who was sobbing? Who who was that? It was uh, it was Kudrinsky, the father oh, of the kid God. at the controls. At that point, he was well. First of all, it would just be so frightening. But also, he may have just been coming to the realization, like shit. I'm my kids and I are. Well, when die. he is sobbing, they are in their sec. When he's sobbing, they're in their corkscrew. Yeah. So a couple of lines later. We're coming out, coming out. Because remember, they got out of the corkscrew yeah, too. Yeah. They got out. Of, they got but, out of two dives, but by the yeah. time they got out of the second one, they were too close to the ground, too close God. to the mountain range, and going way too fast. God. So. That just sounds. That's why he's saying terrifying. at the end, pull up gently, as not to right. overcorrect again right. and not to stall again. But it was just too late. I mean, they're going too fast into oh a mountain range. God, that sounds horrifying. So, in popular culture. The events of five. Okay, no, we're definitely reading from Wikipedia. Yes, huh? we are. <laughs> the events of Flight 593 were featured in Kid in the Cockpit. That sounds way too happy of a title. Well, let's <laughs> let's listen to what country it's coming from. Okay. A season three, 2005 episode of the Canadian TV series <laughs> Mayday. Called air emergency and air disasters in the U.S. and air crash investigation in the U.K. and elsewhere around the world. Okay. The flight was also included in a Mayday season six, uh, 2007, Science of Disaster special titled "Who's Flying the Plane." Oh. The flight number. Kid in the cockpit, like a King King Arthur's court. Yeah, like a like jazz hands. Yeah, jazz hands. Kid in the cockpit. Kid in the cockpit. Jazz hands. He's like the Doogie Howser of. Of pilots, of pilots yeah. except he crashed the fucking <laughs> yeah. plane, or is responsible to a degree. It's still his dad who's responsible for, yeah. You know what? The best way to handle, like, kids being in a plane and wanting to do something special for them, give them the fucking wings, you know, the wing pin. Right. The, the, just, the, just, just give them something cute like that. I remember that. when I was growing up, when I because when I was a little kid, flying was still kind of somewhat... Somewhat something only people with money did, it, to it a degree. Was, it was less commercial than yeah. it is now. Yeah. Um, and like I remember at that time, like it was still a thing. Like, oh, I want to go up in the cockpit. But, oh. But now it's the fucking I, doors are locked and exactly. very tightly. Nobody's going in the Nobody's cockpit going except in the for cockpit. the yeah, yeah. because of, because of nine eleven. Right. Um. I actually, I I've never made that. Connection of why until that now, is, yeah. yeah but that's why nobody fucking knew. Oh. Could you imagine today somebody putting their kid in the not just in the cockpit in the seat? That literally could not happen no. without flagrant. Oh, um, well, he was violations. He was breaking the rules Protocol. in this. Oh. In this, even back, you know, we're talking twenty four years ago. Let him too. So, but they're thinking, you know, it's on autopilot. Let the kid think, you know, but whatever. You know what they they should have said like, just sit there, don't touch anything. I mean, even, actually, yeah. they shouldn't have even had the you, fucking kid. Yeah, exactly. What if something suddenly went wrong? You need not a child in <laughs> exactly oh anything, my God. anything but a child. I mean, 
Yeah, that was just a poor decision. I get where they thought, oh, it's no big deal, but... Because they're all experienced guys. Yeah, but you want... And I'm sure, because this it's is in the... It's not a profession you can Because this, this is also in the early 90s. These guys... Yeah. Uh, now, the guy who let his kid fly the plane was 32 or 33. I think 33. Wow, um, he had his kids really young. Um, but the other uh, co-pilots and captain were 39 and 40. So... Um, when you're 40 years old in, and Russian in 1994, that means probably all of them also had military training. I'm, yeah. I'm positive. They, 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 they grew up in, in the, the USSR. Union, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. So they were probably all in the military. Probably. I'm guessing they were probably all Air Force and Navy. Um, or whatever the equivalent was. Yeah. There. So, and they're probably just like, yeah, whatever. No big deal. Like, kid can... <laughs> Pretend he's flying, you know. We've seen verse. Uh, yes, they're all they're smoking <laughs> cigarettes and drinking vodka, like you know. But oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. No. Is that it or is no? There that's more? Huh. Um, just just that the the flight number was subsequently retired. Uh, good. So yeah, yeah. But I mean the the uh, Aeroflot Aeroflot Airlines still operates well, as I said yeah. before. You know, just with stricter guidelines. I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. Like, you fucking let your kid in the cockpit, and we are fucking. Or let this be a lesson to you all. <laughs> Don't take your children on. Oh God, that's horrible. And the, the, and the other thing, like I think too, is um, obviously the people, the passengers, will never know. That what happened? No, yeah. they'll never know. No, well, maybe that's for the best. That's probably Their for the best. Their families. Knew. Yeah. Oh. I didn't see anything as far as like lawsuits and stuff like that. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure that there well, were. Well, it's hard. It's it's yeah. Russia. It's maybe harder to get some of that information. But wow, that was horrible. Well, the thing to me. I mean, just think of how terrifying the initial fall oh, would God, be. Yeah. And then on top of that, you get a corkscrew fall, which is like at that by that time when that's happening, you're like, yeah, we're dying. Like we're we're not going to live. I I would like to think that maybe. Well, I don't know because the the pilots were still fully conscious and able to try to do things, but like my. My hope, this is such a morbid thing, but my hope has always been if I was in a situation like that, that my body would just say, okay, we're shutting down like, now. Yeah, we're, we're done. Yeah, we're just going to pass out to help you here because <laughs> yeah. we can't handle this. And because of like the G-force and stuff, I'm sure you that could, did happen. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that did happen to several people. Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. That would be the merciful thing to happen. I, yeah, yeah. You know, that you just... Because the last thing you would want is to know what was going on at that point. Mm-hmm. You know? Because that's just... So I have this thing. Um, may I get a little maudlin? I don't know what that means, but, <laughs> but, but, I, but I, I guess so. Kind of depressing. and <laughs> That's what um, I figured. Yeah. It sounds like a word that'd be associated with depression. <laughs> maudlin. So, uh, um, my... My grandparents are elderly. I've, I know I've spoken about them before. My grandmother in particular is having a hard time dealing with sort of end-of-life issues. They're still okay, like, health-wise and everything. But, um, yeah, here and there. <laughs> There's some issues, but... Um, uh, not exactly. Well, but. But 
my grandmother's always been, um, she's always had deep struggles with anxiety. Not sure if it's, it was never diagnosed as like any sort of disorder or anything. I mean, it probably wasn't. I mean, your grandmother grew up in a completely different time when well, mental the, health wasn't really no, a thing. Yeah, but she's like, she's not just an anxious person. Like there's something else, like a mental well, sure. illness underlying. But if she had those kind of things when she was like sure, in her 20s and 30s, somebody today would be like, you need to go see somebody about right, that. Whereas right. when she was growing up, it was like, oh, just... Drink a glass of wine, go to bed. <laughs> right. You know. So, yeah. So, it's been going on for, for years and years. And she's kind of reaching a point now where it's getting a little concerning. Just, um, like, she's having multiple um, panic attacks frequently. and But she's, she's really myopic and kind of can't see out of it. And... Uh, a friend of hers, an old friend of hers recently, like she'd been friend with, friends with for years, um, died kind of suddenly from a health issue, and that sort of put her in a little bit of a tailspin. And so she's been dealing with this, just this huge fear of, um, honestly, what I think is, is not being able to deal with the fact that she's elderly and she's not looking at 20 more years, you know. She's, uh, she's kind of looking down the barrel of the rest of her life being pretty soon kind of a thing. I did warn you I was getting maudlin. And <laughs> <laughs> um, and as, you know, she's my grandmother, so as somebody who cares for her, obviously, um, my biggest thing is, I promise I'm going to circle back around on this too, um, is I, I feel very strongly that the that fear right like in dying should be avoided as much as possible like mitigated as much as possible you know if someone is looking at the end of their life from a terminal illness or from age or what have you that everything should be done for that person to help them deal with it and not fear it because there's to me, there's just a horrible, just something really awful about the last moments of your life. The la- Well, the last years, obviously, that would be even worse. But even just the last moments of your life being fear-ridden. You well, know, that would just make it worse. Well, that's that's what I'm saying is I, f- I feel strongly that as much <clears throat> as possible, anyone who is dying, what I could the only thing I could wish for someone who is who is dying and it's all inevitable and whatever else is as little fear as possible. That there's some sort of like letting go and a bit. Well, let, let me finish that. I'm sorry. And, okay. and like it's just getting a little too maudlin. I, I know, but I'm also you know dealing with my grandparents' yeah. stuff, and so you get a little bit that way when when you're dealing with that. But you know, it's just I just hate these stories where like people see it coming because you know that the last moments of their life were terror ridden oh hell yeah and that's just that sucks it's on a a level that i don't ever want to understand possibly like i wouldn't wish that on anybody i honestly wouldn't wish not even on like somebody i not even on donald trump (laughs) yeah i was was almost gonna say the same thing like i really wouldn't wish it on him either you know because like we're, it's the thing that's coming for all of us. We're all going to die at some point. 
So if there's a slight mercy near the end, that's something that would be nice for all of us to get. But when it comes unexpectedly, and in this case, pretty much suddenly, Mm -hmm. like these people, by the time the plane made its first ascent, or descent, Mm -hmm. rather, Mm -hmm. uh, to the time it crashed into the mountain range was like 30 to 45 seconds. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. That's that's what I think is the worst. Is so literally one minute ago you were alive <clears throat> and feeling fine. A minute later, you just crashed into the mountain. But the, the, to me, the worst part is the minute that lapsed. Yep. It's like why um, there was something strangely nice about the Erebus Mount Erebus disaster mm-hmm. that people were literally just sightseeing yeah. one second and then just the next second literally they were gone. a second later dead. They were gone. Yeah. And I'm not. I mean, this obviously the best thing would have been for none of these disasters to happen. But when they ha- when they do happen, like the best you can hope for is, is quick. just and just yeah, just never, lay it out. Never, never saw it coming. It. That's yeah. it. But this, they saw it coming. They saw it and coming, but in the most terrifying way. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing. The flip side is like, if you have a terminal illness or like, I'm a I'm a big supporter of um, death with dignity. Sure. And some people myself who, as well. Yeah. So some people who have terminal illnesses and are able to participate in physician assisted suicide, um, and choose to end their lives, like. They obviously see it coming, but it's not coming with fear. It's coming with control and with um, on their own terms. Yes, absolutely. And with with a lot that's, of... For me, that's the biggest thing, is on your own terms. Yeah. It's your fucking life. Yeah. You get to decide, not God or fucking Muhammad or, all, or whoever the fuck. You know, who knows what happens after... Nobody knows for sure that's what happens true. after you die. Mm-hmm. You can believe strongly and try to convince others mm-hmm. of this is... But nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's it's on your own fucking terms. If I'm 80 years old and literally can't get out of bed because I'm too mm-hmm. pain-ridden to even stand up, mm-hmm. yeah, give me the fucking potion. You know, right. it's... I'm, I'm done. Uh, and... Let me listen to. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna spend a whole day listening to all my favorite fucking albums. I'm gonna smoke some weed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna have nice beers, some nice liquor, mm-hmm. and you know maybe that'll kill me alone. <laughs> but then after I do all that, mm-hmm. just fucking yeah. But that's a there's a piece in that. I guess that's the main thing. Like the the thing I would wish for basically every human being is that when our time comes, and it's going to come for us all, and we all know that, is that it be with as much peace as possible. And dignity. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hopefully. Yes, of course. But that's what that's what gets me with stuff like this is that there's no peace. There's just this terror. Terror. And that's, like, the meanest thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not saying mean as in anybody's doing that intentionally. I, I don't personally believe that there's a god out there saying, let's crash this plane. So that's why I have a problem when people are like, it's God's will. Like, um, okay, God wanted these people to be in terror. For, I don't believe that for a second, even I if there is a god. fucking hope not. And, and if that's... <laughs> and if that was the case, then yeah. that's not somebody I want to look up to. Exactly, exactly. So, um... So, yeah, it, it's just, I don't know, it's it's horrible. And, yeah, anyway, I've gotten maudlin enough and rambled. But we've had some short episodes, so here we go. Here's our rambly maudlin, <laughs> terrifying 
this is Rachel at the end of the semester just being like, fuck it all. Just let it all go. Yeah. Let it go. No, don't <laughs> don't let it go in that fashion. Don't do that. And listeners Adult at home, disease. Yes. <laughs> yes. And listeners at home, if she got a little too maudlin, um, put the needle down. Uh, put the gun down. Like we're we're not trying to uh <laughs> I don't want this to be uh like the movie that had Christian Slater in it. That, now I can't remember the name of it. The anyway. one where he was a psycho killer. Or no, he uh, he ran his own talk show out of his basement, like when he was a high school teenager. I did not. It was I've a never really good, this. very, <laughs> very uh, tr- pump up the volume. Oh, okay. Excellent um, teen drama in that okay. era because it came out in 1990, I believe. Okay. But it followed in that wave of 80s teen. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Very underrated and excellent. He was essentially doing in that movie what we're doing right now, but it's without the internet and all the technology. Oh, okay. He's hosting a radio show oh. through a... Um, Ham radio or yes. something? Yes. Okay. Yep. So... I don't know why I did Ham like radio? A, a little weird hand <laughs> Like motion. a CB? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, and to be clear... When I said physician-assisted suicide, I meant in cases of terminal yes. illness only. Not just if you're having a bad day. If or, or even if you have depression, if you have depression or any problems, clearly reach out. Yeah. Things can get better. You can be good. Like, you, yeah. you can I'm, get better. Don't I'm worry. talking about if you're going to die and right. you're going to be in pain. Right. Clearly. So, yeah. I think we've gone on. <laughs> then, anyway. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, sorry. you can get Pump Up the Volume on YouTube for free. Okay. Or at least you could a couple of years ago. There you go. That but not Murder Ball. Apparently, you have to not order that from ball. Amazon, you as do. we learned from Emily. So, uh, and, it is a great documentary. And we are glad that you liked it, Emily. Yes. We thought you... How could you not? It's a great Like, how could you watch that film and be like, yeah, I wasn't really feeling it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's really... It's really... Co- it's compelling and cool. Yeah. We're talking about uh, quadriplegics beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> what is that? Wait. Because that's awesome. Because I didn't know that that was something that happened before I watched that movie. <laughs> not, like, in general. No, but in in the in, in, in the, the terms of sport. Of, yes, yes. What they were doing. Yes. 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 Like, when she when she put out that uh, tweet saying something about, oh, I didn't know they check each other. Oh, yeah. And you, were, oh. and you put the end, like, you're like, I think basketball would be better if there was checking. And I'm like, agreed. <laughs> so, of course, I put up my natural uh, hockey meme. Yes. My NHL meme. Was that the butt check? No, oh no, that, that was, was somebody else. Somebody, we were else watching. somebody else put that up there. <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Anyway, anyway, end we of, are officially rambling. End of Twitter rant. End of depression rant. End of end of life rant. <laughs> end of end of life. Rant. Yeah, yes. that's just, I think you're right. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that was the Aeroflot flight five ninety three. Correct. Crash. I said that poorly. That was the story of Aeroflot Flight 93. That was the story of what happens when you let your teenage son think he's controlling a plane. Yeah. God is your co-pilot, not your child. Exactly. (laughs) And this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. We'll see you next week. And know your exits.